Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 13th of October 2011. For newcomers, go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourself to the audios. There's hundreds and hundreds to choose from and hopefully you'll start to get an understanding of this big system you're born into, the one in the media that keeps you distracted from ever discovering really and you'll find that the world's run by not just big international corporations all laced together and networking together under a common head, obviously, but also they have a parallel government. It's been here for a long time with foundations, armies and armies of non-governmental organizations which lobby governments. And uh, the governments, of course, are, are just waiting to be lobbied so they can pass laws. Which the This is the Soviet system, as I've said before, the new Soviet system, the more perfected one because it's ruled by councils as we go into communitarianism. And some countries are already ahead of others. The Britain is a flagship for the communitarianism idea, uh, collectivism in a, in a form, and decentralization. The U.S. and Canada elsewhere, we still go that way too. But it's, it's, it's encroaching if you read all the different laws that are coming down the pike often very quietly, they all coalesce together to bring you into this new system of austerity, etc. So help yourself to the audios. Remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can buy the books and discs I've got at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and you can use a personal check from the U.S. to Canada or an international postal money order from the post office, which is about the same price as an ordinary postal order. You can also send cash or you can use PayPal. You'll find the button and how to do it on the, the com site, cuttingthroughmatrix.com. And um, you can also uh, uh, send donations as well, straight donations if you want, because it's awfully welcome as you go into inflation in these depressing times. Because we're in a depression, really. It's not a recession at all. It's manufactured because this is the time for global change to bring in the global society. And this is why they're stepping up crisis after crisis. I've mentioned articles before, um, about continual conflict, etc., perpetual wars. This is the stage we're in right now. And the war is not just about countries, it's about changing all the countries across the world eventually into common culture. Brzezinski's talked about that even recently, and, uh, and so did Kissinger in recent talks have given. So help yourself, as I say. Remember, too, across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal again to purchase or donate. It's up to you. And straight nations, as I say, are definitely welcome because things are getting pretty tight all over the place, of course. I try to uh, document, really, the, the changes we're going through, uh, give you a, an insight into how long ago uh, different parts of the big agenda were first put on the table and published, at least to the public. It's always to the, to the special groups first to publish them long before it comes out to the public, so you have to go into the think tanks themselves to find out really how they originated and where they want to go. And the astonishing thing is, even uh, big world meetings they had 40, 50 years ago, you'll find that they've never altered their course, uh, they've never altered what they wanted to bring in, what kind of world system they were bringing in. And the guys who set up the, the currency system from Bretton Woods, 
uh, talked about part two, and we're going, we're in part two now. That's what it's all about. Raising up the World Bank to its status, the Bank for International Settlements, and the IMF to help run the world's system, really. This new form of governance. And it's a strange mixture of private and public, because really the governments, as you've probably noticed for many years now, are just parts of the corporations. That's who they've always catered to, and uh, the, your politicians and high-level appointees are even more important. In fact, the appointees come straight out of, of the CEO positions of corporations into politics, get certain things done in their term, and then they're back in as CEOs of other corporations, or even the same ones. Uh, this is the farce we're living through. Back with more after this break. Folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and just talking about how you chronicle the events, because we're just living through a big, long script, a script where real wars are started, uh, simplistic stories are given to the public, because you must always get public support for any war, and, uh, and it's got to be simplistic uh, stories they give us, too. Uh, often incredible, and strange like that, the more incredible the story, the, the easier it is for most folk to swallow. But that's how it's done. They've found out through lots and lots of testing. That's how it works. And we find out that, of course, that uh, for those who've followed the New American Century agenda uh, from the 90s, where they they had a list published of the countries they wanted to take down uh, through various soft power means, that's what's called today color revolutions, and NGOs flown in, of course, and put into universities and to agitate and, and take time, a few years to get demonstrations and then uh, revolutions going, and plus hard power as well. But they had the whole list of countries, Afghanistan, Iraq, they had Syria, uh, they had uh, um, uh, Libya, and of course Iran too. So we're going along through this agenda and it's the same agenda, of course, as was published in openly in the newspapers in Israel at the time as well. And that's why you should always save the articles when you come across them and put them somewhere safe because your computers are always crashing these days. But anyway, uh, as, as I say, it's, uh, it's one of these imperative things. Then when you go into the strategic trends analysis of the think tanks, that's what they call them, strategic trends reports for the year whatever, 2007. One was published this year again an update to it, and this particular think tank works for the Department of Defense for Britain and NATO, and uh, uh, they came out with the next 40, 50 years, uh, and all kinds of areas, the global community, uh, the, the, the march towards world governance, as they call it, and, and then eventually, of course, uh, a kind of disintegration of the world governance as city-states, very high-tech city-states emerge, and they have to take over for the future. And some of these, the countries will, will disappear altogether. But cities, these big city-states were supposedly going to be in a world where there's a, a vastly reduced population. And all the special people, the ones with the, the bright ideas and I guess the right qualifications come through into a kind of new age. And so they publish all this stuff. And in the meantime, of course, they also publish uh, the chaos that they, that they know. They, before 2007, remember, they were working on all of this stuff, before the banks crashed and all the rest of it, and they knew there were going to be bank failures all over the place because that was agenda. 
and it's to bring you into an age of austerities, it's called, and inflation. And then that will make the march and, and the drumbeat sound for getting a world currency, or at least someone in charge of the whole of the world's currencies. And, of course, that's the BIS and the IMF and World Bank. So you're living through a script, as I say, where people really uh, start wars and people really die in them too. And the one thing that you'll you'll find lacking through everything is any kind of truth as to the reasons why. We're not supposed to know the truth of anything at the bottom level. We're too dumb for it, apparently, and we're too emotional. That's another thing, too. We're too emotional. We get all het up and bothered about things uh, when we feel indignancy or injustice in the world. And that's, of course, the academic a response to the ordinary people, because academia itself is allowed to discuss all the taboo topics amongst themselves. They say, and they had said openly, even Canadian television, that, that the general public can't discuss these particular topics because they lose control of themselves through emotion. So, in other words, we're treated like children. And, of course, it's easy to get the public on board in any particular agenda. And the worst thing about it is, too, we're living in an abusive system. I've always said that the, the, the abused always turns to the abuser for help. That's how they're trained. And um, they see that the, the abuser is all-powerful. Today, it's the, it's the governments of the world uh, that are abusing their own peoples. They've always stood up for the big banks that plunder the peoples. And they even reward the big banks so that the big banks have lost nothing at all. If anything, they've gained an awful lot. And the ordinary folk are left to pay off the debt because all the money we, have, we throw at the banks is borrowed by your governments and you're put down as a guarantor. So really, as I say, you're living through a script. Now, it's interesting, too, in the Middle East, uh, you, you compare it with the Strategic Trends reports once again, and they talk about uh, the future wars, be wars for, for really um, for territories which contain resources. So natural resource wars, that's oil, gold, platinum, everything else you can get a hold of, all the minerals they use in industry and that kind of stuff. So, and they also mentioned too, they will make alliances along the way, which are one suits them, and they might jump from one country to another, making alliances, and then turn against another country, depending on where they go. Uh, th- this is already happening, as you well know. So, uh, as I say, we're just living through the script, something planned long ago, and we have to go through the chaos of it as it goes along. Now, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, it's interesting, she gave a, a talk, and it's in the Jerusalem um, News, I put two links up tonight, and uh, one's from Reuters as well. Uh, she is part of this quartet, this, this uh, strange supranational body, they call it supranational uh, body, uh, that uh, some private people put up. Uh, and uh, she, along with Tony Blair and a couple of other people, one from Russia, one from France, maybe, or somewhere else, or maybe Germany, uh, they, they're supposedly being assigned jobs. Now, they're all paid by their governments, like Tony Blair is paid some uh, big lump sum by the government every year to go over to Israel and Palestine, and supposedly, and across the Middle East, supposedly trying to bring peace. And I, I put up a link last week, too, of uh, the fact that Tony Blair has been so instrumental in feathering his own pocket and lining it very, very well uh, on the way, because that seems to be all he's doing. Uh, he's done nothing for the Palestinians. That came out in the, in the video, the documentary. Uh, but he certainly has made an awful lot of money. And while he's getting paid by the government, he's also apparently uh, working for J.P. Morgan. That came out as well. So he's, he's grabbing oil and natural gas off the gas and all the rest of it and getting awfully stinking rich. But then what's a good psychopath to do? To him, there's nothing wrong in that at all, you see. So 
uh, it's quite amazing, but Hillary Clinton's another member of this quartet, as they like to call themselves. And she said um, on Tuesday, the Palestinians' push for UN membership is not going anywhere for now. And she said on Tuesday, arguing that they should re- resume peace talks with Israel quickly. She told Reuters many nations were making the case to the Palestinians that their formal letter delivered on September 23rd seeking UN membership would not give them a state and that the only viable path was direct negotiations with Israel. It's not going anywhere for the foreseeable future, and even if it were, you're not going to get a state through the United Nations. It's not going to happen, Clinton said, describing what she called the right case being made to the Palestinians. So she's like talking down to children in a way, but this, that's her nature, I suppose. And uh, she's not biased, of course, but uh, uh, this is the sort of nonsense we're actually seeing as such a farcical uh, system because the history of the creation of Israel goes way, way, way back, uh, based in London, way back, even before the Balfour Declaration. And uh, you can find the history of it if you go into the history of of Rothschild, who started the whole funding to get uh, the beginnings of a state for, of Israel uh, back in the 1800s, and he financed mainly Russian people over to start it off. And he called it his state, by the way. He said it wasn't those who were coming in asking for direction or could you get funding for different projects. Yes, he says, no, he says, you'll do what you're told. He says, I own this land. I own it. <laughs> so that's the that's reality of that. Plus, I'll put up another one, too, from Israel News. And it's about the same thing. She was on the left-hand side of the page. You'll see the same speech actually given by Hillary Clinton and some other articles too uh, as well. It's quite a good site, actually. And it's called The Daily Alert. And it's a conference of presidents of major American Jewish organizations by the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs. And that's where you have to go to find anything about the Middle East. Because a lot of stuff they print over there, um, which your politicians are up to, you'll never get printed back home. Now... We've all heard, and I'm sure everybody on the radio, uh, who listen to the radio, has, is well aware of this utterly scraping the barrel of Farsis uh, to, to get an excuse to invade Iran. And I said at the beginning of this broadcast that they always give you simplistic stories, and you couldn't get more simplistic and incredulous than this one, but it's the, really about some used car sales guy, uh, Iranian, who supposedly made deals with the Mexican drug cartel, to, to bump off the ambassador from from um, Saudi Arabia. And it's utterly farcical, as we know. Utterly, utterly farcical. But I thought about it and said, now, what do they intend? Why, why do they drag in the, the cartel uh, that they just happen to be uh, fighting right now in the sta- in, in the Mexico? Why, why do they drag that? Well, they've got two birds to kill with one stone. That's basically Iran and the, the, the major cartel that they want to eliminate in Mexico so that the other one which they back will continue to go. That's why they've dreamed up this farcical story. And, of course, it all started with someone setting somebody up, as always, someone who was a double agent, etc., etc., etc. So, you know, it's just farcical. It doesn't matter anyway. It wouldn't matter what, what, what reason they gave for it. it was, as I say, it was on the table and discussed with the New American Century Group they simply transformed from the neocons into the neodems or neolibs, whatever you want to call them. It hasn't changed at all. Same agenda. And that's exactly what uh, Jefferson said. He says, when you see uh, an agenda go through the different houses, meaning the changes of Congress, the same agenda being pushed, he says, no, then you're under tyranny. And of course you've been under tyranny for an awful, awful long time. That's really the truth of the matter. 
But we're so easily calmed, aren't we? And we love big speeches, at least most folk do. They want a daddy, really, you know. They want a daddy to stand up there and say all the right things to them. And uh, it makes them feel good. It makes them feel good. Uh, even though they never see any of the promises transpire, it gets worse and worse. It doesn't stop them from voting. And you cannot help people like that. You can't help them. It's impossible. It's a choice they make, actually. And we see in Australia, there's the flagship. So Britain's the, the flagship for communitarianism. is a decentralized government. That's the name they're giving it, decentralization. And Australia is, uh, has just passed the historic carbon tax law. You know, this puffball in the sky. It's going to bring in cash and make everybody poor back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watberg, cutting through the matrix and it's talking about the carbon taxes as a push it. They've already got them introduced under energy taxes and, and various schemes in Europe. Plus, they gave out millions of, of euros worth of free carbon credits to all the big corporations. Not bad, eh? So they could start trading them. And, and they made a profit before the year was out. So Australia is going the next step, but it's going to go further too, by the way. It's going to go into the personal uh, carbon tax schemes as well. Because the world, you see, to bring to austerity is going to tax you on every part of energy that you use. As if you're a really guilty person, a nasty guilty person using energy. And, uh, and, and they've got this weird mathematical formula where they can uh, figure out how much energy it costs and carbon output to, to create that, that chocolate bar that you love to eat and stuff like that. So you're going to get taxed on everything, and an extra kind of value-added tax on top of everything. That's basically what it is. And you'll be lucky to heat yourself one day if you, uh, if you really will be too, and I'm not kidding about that, unless you move into the major cities because you don't want folk living out in the countries anymore. That's part of the big agenda as well. As an agenda 21. Anyway, uh, so that's Australia passed the law. It had to happen. Of course, it was a must-be thing. And all the, the people who helped to pass it all get well paid and rewarded because government is utterly corrupt. And it always has been, to be honest with you. It's just corrupt. And they'll get payoffs as well, big payoffs. That's the reality of life. That's really what it's all about. And I've talked so many times about the Council on Foreign Relations, and they have... Two parties, basically a two-party system, an outer party and the inner party. You'll find it on their own website, same with the Royal Institute of International Affairs, that's their, that's their parent body in London. Uh, they, they have a special login for the inner uh, group and one for the, for the outer group. And the outer group, they publish the stuff for the general public. They have a lot of truths in it, but they sometimes are a bit unsure of themselves. And, and there's an article here where the C, even the CFR from their own website um, gave a talk and uh, and they don't even believe the story they're putting out about this uh, so-called Iranian terrorist. It's, it's just too farcical. It doesn't follow any of the patterns of Iran uh, and methods they've used in the past. So they, they don't believe it at all. So I don't know if these guys who had this talk are going to be out of a job soon, maybe doing real work or not, or, or how that's going to work when the inner party comes down on them. And I've talked many times, too, about sterility, sterility amongst the males especially. If women have got it, too, um, but uh, for different reasons. But, but um, we know, for instance, that it's been a war on humankind for a long time, especially for depopulation. 
purposes. And it's no coincidence that almost everything that you get now from injections, inoculations, uh, the, the, the food that you're, you're, you're made to eat because you can't afford anything else, and um, the plastic and everything, the, th- the phthalates and the bisphenol A's and a whole range of things which are estrogen mimickers have altered society greatly, greatly. I mean, altered even uh, physiologically uh, the, the shape of males. They don't have shoulders anymore, a lot of them. But um, there's a big, big plan behind all of this, as we know. And f- from Russia, uh, they're getting problems too. A very interesting documentary. It says, uh, it's from RT. It says, it's a man's world, but maybe not for much longer. Scientists say males are on the road to extinction as their genes slowly fade away. And with the world heading for a fully-fledged sperm crisis... Russia could be affected worse than most. It's a horrifying mutation. In a, in a horrifying mutation, sperm with two heads, three tails, or an inability to swim are becoming almost the norm amongst the modern men. So you've got all these aberrations, genetic aberrations now, breaking out in men. And it's, I, I personally, um, it's, my, it's, it's my opinion, but I've done enough studies on it, to, to look at the damage caused by inoculations, vaccinations, and the mandates to go back to the League of Nations to, to literally inoculate everybody for everything, and along with the fact they had to depopulate. When you put the two things together, I think you should have a, a little bit of savvy coming through there. You should really. If, if, you, don't, if you can't have that savvy coming through, uh, no one can help you. Why would an organization that's now the United Nations have, have one of their biggest projects for depopulation and the World Health Organization uh, wanting to inoculate you so that you're a healthier? Go, figure it out for yourselves. I won't bother doing it for you. Anyway, th- this is what's happening in Russia, but it's ha- happening elsewhere too, uh, because I've I put articles out before. Uh, I think one of them was, was a disappearing male. If I can find the link, and if it's still up there, I'll put it up to show you how it's happening in Canada and the States and how we've got the same problems and how the, the sperm count is, is down 75 to 80% of what it was in the 1950s for the same age group in males. So anyway, since what used to be perceived as infertility is now very different, 20 years ago, 200 million viable sperm per millimeter was con- considered normal. Okay, Today, 15 million is average. So from 200 million viable sperm per millimeter 20 years ago was normal. Today, it's 15 million as average. Margarita Anshina, director of the Center for Reproductive and Genetics, told RT, but, but proper sperm studies are not easy and have never been conducted in Russia until now. Professor Galamov was amongst the first only to find more than half of his fellow countrymen's sperm did not meet World Health Organization standards. By the way, you'll find that the World Health Organization is going to inoculate you all for everything and babies galore that don't even have an immune system even developed, uh, which makes a whole farce of how vaccines work because your immune system can't take over from the stuff you're getting if it's not working. Can it? Anyway, getting back to what I'm saying, the World Health Organization is busy, but they don't, and they have all these statistics, but they don't say there's a crisis. Isn't that odd? Because you see, anything outside their control, there's always a crisis. Which means it's under their control. It's the way it's supposed to be. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and just to finish off a story there about how uh, Russia, amongst all the rest of the countries in the world, first world, first world countries especially, are, have uh, plummeting sperm counts in the mail. And uh, in Russia, of course, they're putting it down to the found lead, cadmium uh, and mercury in their semen, etc. I mean, they're back into the inoculations too, though, for the mercury. But um, it's also to do with, say, with the phthalates and with also the bisphenol A as well. And, and the inoculations have had, uh, there's no doubt about it, it's all combined together to bring down. Uh, after all, you see, if you want to take a world over, who does the fighting? Who, who stands up and says, no, we're not happy with this? It's always been the male. And so for a, a world to come into peace and to be conquered quite happily, you've got to basically uh, destroy the male, at least the old kind of male who had a bit of indignation and sometimes a bit of gahonas when it came down to it. And this is how it's done. It's a war against the, the population of the planet. Now, there's also a caller hanging on. I'll, I'll get him now. It's Stephen from Oregon. If he's there, you there, Steve? and I really appreciate taking my call. I think I'm a pretty eloquent speaker, but sometimes I can spit all over myself at the same time. So I hope I do a good job. Uh, first of all, I want to let you know how much I appreciate all that you do. Um, I, I just explain a little bit who I am, and I'll be very brief, I promise. I'm 53, here in Oregon. Uh, kids are doing good. They kind of know all this matrix stuff and uh, whatever they do. I'm lucky that my wife understands. I'm very fortunate for that. I'm kind of prepared. and. I'm doing okay, and, you know, but I'm just watching all the things that you say are so true. And I also want to say that, you know, I think you're my favorite of all time, you know. Um, I never went to sleep. Some people say, I, I, uh, you know, you woke me up, but I never went to sleep. But I did get drowsy. And when I got to looking for coffee, I could find no coffee shops until I found Alan Watts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, and I really appreciate all the work that you have done and all the research and the study you have done. You know, you remind me of, uh, I just saw an article today, you remind me of Neo on the Matrix. Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah. and I saw an article on this, how, you know, people just do not want to to to, to, to look at the truth because it, it, it's just disturbing. Mm-hmm. And you talk about that a lot. Okay, yeah. here's my question. I first had to pat you on the back because I like you. Oh, plus, I always like you on Alex Jones. I've written Alex Jones to have you on a show more often because I think you two make a really good trio. Even I think you know three times more than he does, if not ten times more. Okay, but anyway, here's my question. Is I read a lot of these websites who just beat up watch just beat up Israel all the time. Now I don't like Israel either, so don't think I'm some Republican or either. this is all bull crap. You you, you learned who I am. Uh, it's all bull. But they just want to beat up Israel, beat up Israel, beat up Israel. And I, I looked at and I just asked simple questions of where was Israel, you know, in 1776 when Britain lost the war and they sent their bankers over. Where was Israel? And then I looked at the 1800s um, where, where Andrew Jackson was calling, you bankers, I don't like you and I'll route you out, you know. And then you look at 19, and there was no Israel. 1913 when the Federal Reserve, 1900. When the Rock, Rothschilds and the Rockefellers bought all the hospitals and all the school systems so they could control our education, mm-hmm. where was Israel during all this time? Where was Israel during World War II? And so I get a point, and I'm okay to be corrected. I'm fine with that. I'm not some writer. But why get so much on Israel, even though I dislike them a lot, <laughs> okay? Yeah. Uh, at the same time, why, do, why get on them so much when they weren't even around when mm-hmm. all this was really happening. I'm, I'll be quiet now that you talk. 
Yeah, uh, well, what it is, I think, really, is um, people, people forget that uh, the turmoil of the 1800s, I mean, there was massive turmoil going on across the whole world, especially across Europe. And uh, there were so many revolutionary groups on the go at the time, uh, from, from uh, the elementary socialism to, to communism uh, to anarchism and all the rest of it. And, uh, and some of them were, were kind of ethnic-based, put it that way, if you like, or religious-based. And uh, there, there was definitely a, a big uh, Jewish uh, concern to do with revolution as well involved. And that, that stuck in everybody's craw at the time because, because um, it, it crept into Britain and elsewhere. So it naturally took attention onto a people or a religion or a sect, if you like. And even then it was a small branch within a sect as well, which didn't really even follow the religion as, as it's known by the rest of the public. So that's where that came out from then. Uh, Israel, modern Israel, uh, really was set up to be, uh, I don't know if you understand the history of Northern Ireland. Uh, Ulster was set up by Queen Elizabeth I, really. That's where it all started, uh, to conquer Ireland and use it as a breadbasket to, 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 to feed the British uh, Empire, the, the soldiers, troops, the navies, and all the rest of it. And right down to the present time, and only just recently you've got any kind of peace at all, there's always been conflict there because they brought in a, a people from another country into Ireland to dominate that country. And they were actually, most of them were from Scotland. And they were radical um, uh, Presbyterians and amongst a Catholic population, which they dominated. And they took the land off them too and ended up being the lords. So they were naturally hated. Now, if you went to Sir Ronald Storr, S-T-O-R-R, he was the British um, governor-general. In other words, he had the power of the, the king uh, back in the 1920s and 30s. And his job was to oversee the influx of building up um, a Palestinian uh, or a Jewish state within Palestine. And he wrote a book about it. It's quite fascinating to get a hold of it. One of them is called, actually, Orientations. That's the one. And try and get a hold of it. Because he tells you, uh, throughout the book, he says, and he's getting on well with everybody, all sides and so on. He's stopping conflicts. And and he's going to... um, There's a lot of rabbis came in from other countries. And he thought it was a wonderful idea. But he said, he said, we, talking about Britain itself, or London, I should say. He says, we are creating an Ulster in the Middle East. In other words, a people who would be hated by everyone around them. It'll be, a, it'll be a thorn in the side for everyone around them for for eternity, basically, and uh, it'll cause conflict forever. And and that's how Britain ruled the world. They caused conflicts wherever they were. Or London. I, should, I shouldn't even say Britain. I hate using even the term uh, the British people. Yeah, it's, it's a, a clique in London, of course, and there's no doubt about it. The money boys had ruled, and they still rule a good part of the world through their cash systems. Uh, so, uh, uh, so this clique, as I say, that really, really was the British Empire that used the British people. Um, they're awfully rich, but they also knew how to play the game of divide, conquer, and take the heat off themselves at the same time. And actually, why, as far as he was concerned that they were creating uh, a, a Jewish a Jewish state within Palestine at that time. And he, he lays it all out in his book that that was the reason. Yeah. And it's still happening today, you know. Yeah. What we're saying is the Jewish, uh, the Jewish thing, because I got even my best friends go, it's the Jews, I'm going, well, man, 
in my opinion, everybody has sex with everybody. I can be quarter Jew for all I know. Mm-hmm. You know and so it's hard for me to just like pick Jews. So Jews, mm-hmm. in your opinion, is Jews a uh, ethnic group or a political group? Uh, they'll, they'll tell you themselves. You can't really. Once they created a state of Israel, technically they became an ethnic group. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's a, it's a confusing thought process because I have good friends that I really like, and I, you know, I just don't want to get on this Jew thing too much. Yeah. You know? yeah. But that, but that's what it is, and it's well known too that they have such a that they've done such great propaganda across the world um, that they have tremendous support for them. Tremendous support, uh, and and everyone else who isn't supporting them, who wants to be left alone in their own countries, like in America, um, are rather angry about the fact that that a, a powerful and rich group are supporting a, a country which is, as they see it, bringing them into conflict and war. Yeah. Yeah, I know, man. This seems like these people are just freaking crazy, aren't they? They're insane. Well, it's crazy as a fox because, believe you me, um, behind the scenes, as you well know. Uh, big corporations are profiting incredibly from these wars as they take over the resources of these countries. Uh, forget the names of countries altogether, because the, the new, the, the new powerful system are really corporations. It's a feudal system of corporations, and they're using what's left of the nation states to get what they want. Because it was all laid out, remember, as I say in strategic, strategic stri- uh, trends report, uh, where they say that uh, the new system is, is really a feudal system. Carl Quigley said the same thing. Uh, a feudal system where the corporations are will be the new feudal overlords and the nation states are going to wither away. So uh, that that's pretty well happening as we live right now. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to call you soon, and I really appreciate you, uh, Alan. I, I love you so much. And anyway, that's all i got. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. I think you're the best. Well, thanks for calling. Yeah, it, it's amazing. It's um, everything is so convoluted, but again, the media keeps it that way too. And um, there's no doubt animosity comes from powerful groups, as, as, the, as the world will see them, that seem to be manipulating other countries. But even the folk in Israel aren't, aren't all on board either with the decisions made in that country. And uh, and often they say, "What's what's really going on? Who who really rules them? Who really rules them?" But corporations, as I say, are taking over everything. Um, all across uh, the Palestinian region, as I say, Tony Blair is making deals on the behalf of J.P. Morgan, and they're grabbing the natural gas, the, the rights to it, uh, uh, for about 50 years or whatever else it goes on for, and the rights to all the oil, etc. It's all about resources, and that's in Strategic Trends Report. You have to read it. That's the Department of Defense for the British military and for the... It's a think tank for the, the military and for NATO. That's why we're having all these conflicts as well right now. Now, another thing I've talked about too is something that goes back. This actually ties in maybe with the last one. Because I don't care what people there are out there, what kind of people who identify with whatever. It could be your, your nationality, our religion, whatever. But there's good and bad in all, of course. And we know that, for instance... Uh, there are derogatory terms that you can't say anymore about different people of color, for instance, uh, etc. Uh, things are called racist. 
or hate uh, things. But some people, again, try and push it as well as a kind of something you couldn't pin them down court with. And this article ties in with that. Because in New Zealand um, and across the world, too, we have these big, big, uh, well-funded organizations doing experiments in genetics all the time. And I've mentioned before about the hermaphroditic agenda. It's an ancient agenda, actually, where they used to talk about the, the occultic system of it. The, the male and female, the neutered, goes back to an old idea that the, the deity at one time was both male and female. And um, certain schools will still go along with that, both certain schools within Judaism, not them all, and certain schools within Christianity, but not them all either, because uh, as Kabbalistic and as Christian Kabbalah too that came off all the other ones. And they talk about eventually creating the hermaphrodite um, neither quite male nor female. And that is what Plato said even before that. Plato said the same thing. He gave you clues in one of his writings about the, the, the super creatures that existed in the beginning, as he called them. They were descended to because they'll have to always say they're descended from the gods. It's a nice boast to have. Uh, but he, taught, he said they were male when they walked forward, when they walked behind, or you saw behind them they were actually female and vice versa. And then, and of course, in, in the old Yahweh story, you'll find that the, the god... Um, created Adam first, and then from Adam he took a compartment, actually it says in Hebrew, it doesn't say a rib, it's a compartment, and he created Eve. And in the perfect sameness or likeness, or um, the mimagio, the, the image, uh, they created uh, Adam and Eve, and in them he created him, basically himself. So in other words, they were, they were from God, meaning the God, they say, from their interpretation, uh, was both male and female. And getting back to godhood, uh, down through the ages, that's always been part of this mystery religion, is the gods. And they would return to being gods uh, by perfecting themselves in the image of what they say was their god. Very old tradition, Kabbalistic. And, um, but when you find what genetics is going into, why are they going into all this stuff? And they even use a, a Hebrew term, which is a, a kind of derogatory term for the Gentile. It says, this is a mainstream, it's the New Zealand Herald. Goy, it says, G-O-Y. That's how you put your call on a non-Jewish person. But it's, it's almost, it's got connotations of a lower species. It's a girl goat in a boy's goat's body. So it's a big joke, right? Big joke, yeah. They're tampering with this. Do you think it's all to do with goats, by the way? When they experiment with animals or mice or rats. Every experiment they do is to end up with on humans. That's, that's, they, don't, they don't care about rats and goats and and so are monkeys. This is AG research experiments on genetically modified goats have resulted in the animals producing mostly transgender offspring, which are being milked to find out whether they can carry the intended human protein. Interesting. Eh? The goats have been bred on the state sciences company's Rua Cura facility in Hamilton, where experiments are being done to create pharmaceuticals. This is an excuse for it. Soil and Health New Zealand spokesman Stephen Browning, who recently toured the facility, said 75% of the goats were females in sterile male bodies. AG research staff refer to them as goys. Now, there's no coincidence they've called them a goy, so there's a bit of a, a racist comment in there. AG Researcher's General Manager of Applied Biosciences, Dr. Jimmy Sooty, said the goats were transgender because of the cell line used to produce them and had nothing to do with genetic modification. Ha, ha, ha. It was inadvertent, he says. This is something which normally happens about 10 to 15% of the time in this breed of goat. It just happens to be the cell line that, that was used. So they picked this, this, this mutagenic cell line, right? 
Dr. Sirhi said it did not raise animal welfare issues, which is, of course, they're trying to keep all the laws, etc. We take animal ethics very, very seriously, acts research. All these experiments are supervised by vets and animal ethics committees, etc., etc. Facility manager Tim Hale confirmed some of the goys had been introduced into lactating. And there's a bit of a, a twist, eh? So it's, it's a... Uh, it's turning like to, and we're being milked. So they're milking something that, that that's neither quite male nor female, but just a little more towards the female. It says it has happened, but I'm not sure if the result has only recently happened. He said, Mr. Browning said the level of contaminated surface water draining off the facility was also of great concern because of the risk of horizontal gene transfer. The transfer of genetic material from an organism to one which is not its offspring has been raised by GM critics. Now, this company uh, has been in trouble before for creating monstrosities in animals uh, where they can't even stand. This little system is so weak and and, uh, uh, and they put so much weight on that they can't even stand up and things like that. These are monsters they're creating. But why are they doing this thing? Eh? And even a lovely little headline, it's a girl goat in a boy goat's body. Hmm? Hmm? I'll leave that to you to figure out. Now, the UK has already jumped in on the bandwagon like they did when Blair was in and pledged backing for the US reprisals against Iran following an apparent assassination plot in Washington. The same, as I say, scraping the barrel for excuses. Scraping the barrel. There's also an article from the CFR where even... The outer parties, I say, they don't believe it themselves. It's too farcical. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and there's there's Kevin from Australia there. Are you there, Kevin? Hello, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, hi there, Alan. Yeah. How are you doing? Not too bad at all. Um, yeah, yeah, I just I listen to your show quite regularly. I, I enjoy it. Um, and uh, basically the radio station, this one and a couple of others, are, are uh, responsible for waking me up. Uh, and being a sleeper, or like the last gentleman uh, kind of uh, referred to. Now, you've been making a few little comments there on uh, Jews and uh, the Jewish system and you know various comments. Now, most all of it was pretty right. If anybody should understand the Jewish system, it should be me. I'm just on the internet now looking at the uh, candle times for Sabbath for this evening. Mm-hmm. I'm a Sabbath-keeping, kosher-observing, um, uh, call me a Judeo-Christian these days. Yeah. Uh, so, And I understand um, you know, biblical studies very, very well. Now, when you were referring to uh, the rib, um, yeah. the story that the, that the Bible actually presents, it states... And I only want to talk fact, not not opinion or, or anything like anything else like that. The Bible basically states that that God took the the dust from the ground, the elements are from the ground. Whether you believe this or not, it doesn't matter. But I'm just telling you what it says. I'm just stating what it actually says. It says took the elements and formed the man. You know, actually, you might as well say he formed the body. Yeah. The the perfect body with all the. Uh, 
the heart and, and the lungs and the toes and, you know, the whole lot. But it, this body didn't live. It was inanimate. And then it says that God then breathed the breath of life into that dead body for a, one of a better description. That's right, the Ruah, they call it, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, um, yeah, that, there's various, various words that can, Ruah, it can be used for, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, the word breath. Now, um, and then it says, once that God breathed this breath of life, he animated this, per, this, this body. And then it says, and, and man became, like if you pick your King James up, it'll say, and man became a living soul. If you pick up some of the others, it'll say, and man became a living being. But if you actually read it in the Hebrew, and read it for exactly what it says it says and man became a breathing creature that's exactly what it says and man became a breathing creature now if you actually just look at the exact thing exact uh, communication that's being presented God did not add a soul he didn't say now I'm going to put a soul in here you know like a, this 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 uh, spiritual thing that just floats around the clouds. At no time does the Bible say, say that God added uh, this this mystical thing called a soul. It just it just states that man once that once this body was animated and it, it, it had had life in it, that, that this body became a living thing, a breathing creature. Now that's exactly what it actually says in relation to the rib. Uh, a rib is referred to most definitely in... I'm actually taking this from the rabbinical lectures and most of the rabbis today say it's actually a compartment uh, and not a rib at all. Okay, well that, that, that is semi-correct and I'll, I'll just fix that one up in about yeah, 30 seconds. I don't have time, that's the music coming in and we're on our way out. <laughs> but thanks for calling. Now from Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada. It's good night, I mean your God or your God's go with you. And remember too to buy the books and purchase the discs, etc. and donate to me and keep me hanging on here as we go through these tough times. Back with more tomorrow. <laughs>